Welcome to Screen Time. Movies, streaming, and everything in between, including booze. Okay. Now, I found this at the liquor store the other day. Drew Yano, my colleague, my, uh, what was, what did they call Robert Duvall? Uh, the consigliere? Consigliere. Consigliere, my consigliere, my writing partner. This is Francis Ford Coppola's director's cut, Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir, okay? So, I wish Drew was here because he could drink it since I don't drink. Uh, but it's all about the Godfather and the offer. So we have Francis's wine here for us. So Drew is really excited to talk about this, and so am I, because, Drew, you called me and you told me about the offer on Paramount. What we're going to do today, we're going to talk about the offer, and then we're going to talk about the movie the offer's about, The Godfather. Um, but when you first saw the offer on Paramount, you were really blown away. Yeah, I, actually, I should edit that a little bit because I almost didn't keep watching it. Oh, really? Yeah, I... I saw the first episode and, you know, it's all about Albert Ruddy, who was the producer. And, you know, in the first episode, like everything came easy to the guy. He uh, he was working at the Rand Corporation and he was good at it, but he hated it. And he, you know, he was in L.A. and he had a friend who was in the movie business and he went to a party and he said, boy, I'd like to get into the movie business because the guy was talking some thing he was some tv series he was pitching and then he said i could do that and then he somehow angled a meeting with you know some studio execs and he pitched what became hogan's heroes and that was you know easy he got that and then he sort of walked on the lot at paramount and you know ran into bob evans or trace tracked down bob evans and talked his way into you know working with him and it was like as you know First of all, life doesn't work like that. Second of all, <laughs> and in movies, you don't want it to work like that. You want your main character to have to work at it, have to be a challenge. And I'm like, Jesus, if it's going to be like this the whole time where this is going to be some you know, tribute to Albert Ruddy and everything was easy and he made The Godfather, I'm not going to be interested. But I thought, you know, it's The Godfather. I got to watch it. I heard it's good. So I kept watching. And then I started to like it because after that, Everything's a challenge and right makes it interesting. Well, I agree with you. And we hadn't discussed this, but as you watch it, if you haven't watched it on Paramount Plus, you really should. Because I think Paramount Plus is, is doing a great job. They are leaping into the game big time. Yep. Right. With are. 1883, with the offer. Um, so, so far, they're playing catch up pretty good. To I'm not going to say they're Netflix or HBO Max or or. or you know, Apple yet, but they're in the game. They're definitely in the game. So the, the one thing that I thought was a jump was they're in the room and he's with his writing buddy who he met at a party, right? Uh, at the Chateau, right? And the owner of the Chateau becomes his love interest for probably half of the series. Well, that was the other easy thing. He, he, he you know, befriends and beds this beautiful woman who owns a hotel. Right. I wish right. my life was that easy. Well, I think they they wanted us to, they wanted to give us the background and they wanted to get going. And I agree with you. The the part that I had a problem with at the beginning is they're in the room and they pitch the show and it bombed. The pitch is dying, and the the guy at the head of the table, the studio exec, the studio head, who I think it was CBS at the time, said, "You got anything else?" And then out of nowhere, he pulls out the exact plot for Hogan's Heroes, yeah. <laughs> right? And then and then they buy it. Fine. So we're we're beyond that. So once it gets going, 
Uh, you tell me, Drew, because you know you were part. You you know you were involved in Hollywood. I mean, when did you sell No Safe Haven? Way back in the nineties, right? But I mean, that was also a time. Even in the nineties, you could go into a room and pitch an idea. Oh, I pitched. Yeah, yeah but I was that terrible at it. But I pitched. But that doesn't really happen anymore. So the part no. that I thought the way he ran into Robert Evans, uh, and he made his way out of the lot. I kind of bought that because I think in the, from what I understand about Hollywood in the late sixties, early seventies, it was kind of a small town and that's kind of the way it worked. Right. You got to get through that gate though, you know, and I guess he had his way of getting through the gate. Cause he was Hogan's heroes. Guy. Hogan's heroes. But you know, you can't just walk into somebody's, well, you can walk into somebody's office and then they'll throw you out. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. My experience. I didn't get thrown out, but I knew they had to know you were coming. Didn't just, so it, you know, so anyways, we get going on we get going on the offer. And and what I think the interesting take on this series is, is it is you see everything but what happens on camera in The Godfather. I mean, for example, as they're going through the challenges and we'll, we'll discuss the challenges in getting the movie and get in getting the movie made. What I found interesting is, for example, when they shot the famous scene in which. Al Pacino, Michael Corleone goes and gets the gun in the bathroom and comes out and assassinates the two guys in the in, in the restaurant, the crooked cop and the other guy. They don't show that. They show the reaction of the director and of the producer and everybody sitting in the chairs and, and the crew, yep. which I thought was fascinating. I thought it was a great idea. Well, you have to do it that way, because otherwise everybody's seen the real thing. So, right. But I want to know what I happened just, behind it. I thought it was really creative the way they did it, though. It's like if you've seen The Godfather, you know what Michael does. And you know that he's coming out and he's bringing up the gun. He's going to pop these two guys. And you know what's happening, but you're watching their reaction. You're watching Ruddy's reaction. You're watching Coppola's reaction. You know, you're watching Puzo's reaction. I thought it was I thought it was a great choice. I thought it was a really great choice. Um, and, well, remember what else they did is they... You know, they set up Pacino as number one. They didn't want him, but let's leave that for later. But, you know, he was afraid. He was afraid. He didn't know how to act. And Coppola was telling him, you know, you'll be fine. You can do this. Don't worry. And then just before the scene, he tells the prop guy to put the gun up higher. Right. So that when he goes in, he can't find it. And, you know, I just watched The Godfather the other day for this. And. You know, he really is struggling to find the damn thing. And it's perfect because he didn't know he was going to have to do that. He's doing it because Coppola set him up. And, you know, that kind of stuff, that's the kind of stuff that makes this interesting. And you could probably do it for any movie, but it wouldn't be that interesting because the movies aren't that great. You know, it's a handful that you can do it for, well, maybe you know, more than that. But still, that's the beauty of this is how they did everything. And, and it goes all the way back to, you know, they buy the rights to the book and Gulf and Western doesn't want to make the movie, even though it's almost right. a guaranteed hit because everybody who read the book is going to watch the movie. But they also felt that mafia movies or mob movies were not well done. And um, yes. but before we get to the, to how Coppola positioned it and sold it brilliantly, um, you know, the, the, I want to stick on Pacino for a minute. How and and actually, I saw a the Today Show did a reunion of of the Godfather, and he was like, "Oh, they I was fired a number of times." Pacino said, "Like I was on my way out a number of times." And what was interesting is that Coppola said, "We got to move that scene up to like the second day of shooting." You know, the scene in the, where he gets the gun, 
and he assassinates the two guys in a restaurant. He said, we have to show the suits that Michael can be a killer. Yeah, they had to show Bluthorn that right. scene, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, Colin Hanks, Lapidus, you know, or however you pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah, Lapidus. Yeah. Lapidus. And the cat, we're going to get, the cast was great. We're gonna, but that, I, I never knew that. You know, I thought that that was fascinating. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. They, that, 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 that he had to do that. You know, but I mean, your point about, they didn't think mob movies were going to work or mafia movies. And Coppola kept saying, you know, and what you see in the offer is it's about family. It's about family. And that's why the food, remember he said, yeah, you run in the offer. We need a real stove. Yeah. We need a real kitchen. Why do we really need, need a real kitchen? It's going to cost us more money. We're already over budget as it is. Right. And he said, I need a real kitchen. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm Italian. It's Italian. You, you say Italian, you think kitchen and your food. I mean, so, yeah, it was it, all that stuff was interesting. You know what? What's what made it most interesting to me? And, and I realized something when I watched it is. I love origin stories as much as I love the stories themselves. In other words, how did something get made, whether right. it's a piece right. of art or a movie or somebody wrote a song, whatever it is. I find that always fascinating, the whole thing of the creative process. And, you know, you can do it with any movie, like I said. And there's, you know, a lot of examples, great examples like Cool Hand Luke and Rocky and Goodwill Hunting, where, you know, the story of making the movie is as interesting as the movie itself half the time. It's, it's just, and that's what was the case here, especially since it's based on a best selling book. And, you know, my reaction, I'm sure everybody else's reaction when they saw The Godfather was, this is a great movie. And you never gave a thought to the idea that they might not have made it. Because what, why wouldn't you make it? Look at this. Why would you not make this? And, you know, that's fascinating to me. And it happens every time. Hmm. I, you know, the movie business, it's getting a movie made is miraculous. Well, what was interesting about this is, is <clears throat> Ruddy had a movie that bombed. I mean, he had a movie that bombed and they basically gave him the Godfather. Right. He had the movie with Robert Redford. Remember, they showed oh, yeah. he goes to the set of Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid. He gets Redford to do this movie. That movie bombs. They go, all right, Ruddy, you want a chance here? Take yeah. the Godfather. No one knows what to do with it. And it was like it was a small budget. And then um, and then the, the, the whole thing is when he wanted Puzo to, to write it with um to, to write it with Coppola. Coppola and the studio said you can never have a novelist write a screenplay you know <laughs> and then I don't know this was probably a little over the top so he puts Puzo up in a in a in a villa with a pool and the guy has writer's block and he goes over there and Puzo's in the in the pool eating pasta in a yeah. bowl sitting on a floaty you know yeah. like I don't know what to do <clears throat> you do wonder I mean and we've talked about this you know Hollywood Oh, this embellishment. Exaggerates and, 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 you know, fictionalizes real life whenever you see a story based on or oh, yeah. you know, as this was based on the experiences of Albert Ruddy. You know, I wonder how much was like really true, really like to the. Well, the, the, OK, let's get to the also the, the core of the matter. And by the way, um, to give credit to the cast, uh, Giovanna Rabisu plays Joe Colombo. Right. Okay. And phenomenal. And um 
Uh, Dan Fogler plays Francis Ford Coppola. Bernd Gorman plays Bluthorn. Colin Hanks is Lapides. He plays the bad guy. Hanks is phenomenal in this. Um, Matthew Good is, uh, as uh, you know, Robert Bob Evans, Evans was, he's got to win an award. Matthew Good as Evans has to win an award. Patrick Gallo as Mario Puzo was phenomenal. Yeah. But, you know, um, the fact that, that that they that they didn't that they did that I guess what I'm trying to say is is Miles Teller's character, you know, Ruddy just so many times could have lost this gig. Yeah. And then when he go, and then the mob wants to shut it down. And so, so many mob, times yeah. he could have made the wrong choice and given in, you know, and had someone else play the Godfather, have someone else play Michael, you know. Well, what do you think things. about the mob thing? I mean, because we all know, you know, we'll get to Brando in a minute. But we all know that I, I had never heard of this part. I mean, basically, the mob heard this movie was out there and said, if you make this, we're going to kill you. I mean, you know. Well, essentially, yes. Essentially. Yeah. like I knew the mob wasn't happy. I remember that. I didn't know until I saw this that the word mafia was never used in the movie, which I love. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't. It made it, 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 it confirmed and affirmed Coppola saying this is about family, right? right. And I, 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 you know, that, I thought that was fantastic. You know, Ruddy's friendship with Columbo, was it as above board as they showed it in the thing? I don't know. Was it true to life? Was he that close to the guy? Was Columbo that agreeable? I mean, I don't know. These are the things you don't know. You right. hope it's but, true. But he had to, but he had to come to terms with it somehow because I watched Ruddy, the actual uh, Albert Ruddy, after the fact, um, in the interviews after each episode, and he said he was he was good friends with him. He became yeah. good. He said he became good friends with him. So you know he had to convince him that this was about family and this was going to be good for everyone. Yeah, which that's hard to do, man. I mean that he must have done, and that's tough to do. And it's one of the great pieces of cinema of all time. And you don't, I don't think of it as a, of, even though it is, but I don't think of it as a violent movie. I think it is, I, I don't. But I mean, they cut a horse's head off and put it in a guy's bed. I mean, um, you know, they blow Sonny away at the, at, the, at, the, at the toll booths, you know. But when, you know, Coppola kept saying it's about family. I mean, you know, when you see Michael go to, um, the Don in the hospital, I'm with you, Pop. Yeah, that's the turning point right there. But that's literally the turning point. Anybody who's been in a family knows what that means. Right. And here's the interesting thing from a screenwriting perspective, you know, your hero is supposed to be someone you can root for and all this stuff. And, and you're thinking, well, I, you know, I've had this discussion in my class. I used to talk about it. You know, why is the Godfather so popular when the lead character and it doesn't matter whether you think it's, you know, Brando or Pacino, you know, Vito or Michael. Um, if they're not, they're criminals who kill, right? Oh, yeah. And they engage in crim other criminal activity. We shouldn't like this. <clears throat> and what you come to realize, and this happened with Scarface as well, speaking of Pacino, the audience just has to understand the main character and what their motive is. And like, that's where... Coppola had it. It's about family. Everybody can understand family and what you'll do for family. And, and it's about the American dream also, because they're immigrants. 
just like Scarface. It's about the American dream. So everybody understands the American dream. Everybody understands family. And, you know, I think part of the reason maybe Gulf and Western didn't want to make it is to think this is about the mob. They're, they kill people. This, who, how is anybody going to cheer for them? You know, we want John Wayne, you know, riding off into the sunset, saving the town. Supposed to be here now. I'm Michael Corleone. This is my father. There's nobody here. What happened to the guards? This is what I think proved it could, you know, you could have a movie like this as long as the audience could understand the motives and, and at least in some way, uh, you know, go along with those motives. Well, I think it's also reaffirmed in Godfather 2, which Ruddy didn't take part in, which was interesting, um, yes. where you get the backstory with Robert De Niro, you know, playing playing the Don and um, Don Corleone. And he tries to be honest and he tries to be a legitimate businessman and he just can't do it. Yeah. And then he finds his way and he gets into kind of running life with a sense of integrity. I mean, it's I, I know that's kind of strange, but there's a code. Well, he yeah, he has his own value system. He has and his he own value system. To it. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. And, you know, it, and it's the code. Um what did you think is Lou Ferrigno as at opening up the, the offer, opening up the movie? I forgot the character's name when he goes to the. Um, yeah. When he goes to the Don. With the Rossi. Yeah. The, the, the wedding scene. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he reads it and you watch the movie. It's great because, you know, he, he repeats himself and you just know he's just this big, dumb guy who's so awed by and afraid of the Don. And he wants to not screw this up. Right. And he's, you know, honored that he's been invited. I loved it. I thought it was good. I thought Frigno did a good I did a good job. How about Pacino, how about Anthony Ippolito playing Pacino? I thought he was nails. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, I wonder about the accent. I mean, did he he must have studied how Pacino talks, especially you, then. You know what I think? I this is my guess. I think that he just always did it. I he's an actor. I mean, actors all if you watch um uh, swingers, right? All the actors are hanging around. They're all impersonating the actors. They're all yeah. trying to do it. I bet you my, I bet you any money that guy used to watch Patino and, and just imitate him. Yeah, probably. He did you a know? good job, though. Like you said. He was, he was great. great. But the fascinating thing is they didn't want Pacino. And of course, he was a nobody. I mean, he was somebody on... Oh, uh, yeah. On Jimmy Kahn. Remember, they said, put Jimmy Kahn in there. Uh, it would have been horrible. Oh, here's the other thing I want to point out, which I... I, I I hope it happened as an actor. I hope it happened. The dinner scene of the cast, right? (laughs) I appreciate having the whole family together for my birthday. Many things happen in life. Celebrations, tragedies, births, deaths. But through it all, what's right here is what's important. Family. May you live forever. Ah, salute. Salute. <laughs> the dinner scene of the cast. Everybody's finally. They get the green light. They get the money. The thing is going. They've got, you know, the mafia's on board. They got Joe Colombo giving them protection. Are ready to go. So Coppola has the cast with Brando, played by Justin Chambers from Grey's Anatomy, sitting at the head of the table, and it's a meal. And Brando starts doing it in character. Yeah. And when the when the waiter goes to serve him, he goes, "No, serve your mother." Yeah. And he goes to serve, you know, the mother across the table. And then the guy playing Jimmy Kahn, 
starts acting like Jimmy and everybody is in character yeah. and Brando it's a, it's a great scene and Coppola and Puzo and Ruddy just start looking around and they're like oh my god we got something here yeah it's a yeah. great scene I hope that happened yeah again that's how I feel about most of it like I loved it. I loved it you know let's be honest the godfather you know if, if you're going to talk about the greatest movie of all time it's in the conversation for sure. It's, you know, it's somewhere in the top five or 10 that people are going to talk about. And to see hopefully an honest depiction of how it was made, how it got to be made was fabulous. And, and you know, just interesting. The characters themselves were just as interesting as the ones. Oh yeah. That, like, know, well, let's go down the cast real quick. Like, okay, Matthew Good, who played Robert Evans who's I think should get nominated because yeah. he had his shit together at the beginning. He's losing grip of the studio. He's out of his mind. He, uh, uh, you know, loses right? his relationship with Ali McGraw, it loses his relationship with Ali McGraw. He's all coked up. He's all strung out. And then he comes back and he gets in a fight with Ruddy and he comes back around again and they're together again to go to like the premiere. I mean, fantastic. Um, oh, Juno Temple from Ted Lasso. As Betty McCart, who played Ruddy's assistant, who eventually, I mean, you knew this, but... Became a huge agent. Huge agent. George Clooney. I mean, yeah. she had all the biggies. Yeah. Um, she was fan... I thought she was fantastic in this. Yep. And it was great that she didn't sleep with Ruddy. Yeah, I was worried about that. And they, and they didn't go there. Um, Again, what did you, we hope what, that's true. <laughs> what did you think of Justin Chambers, the guy from Grey's Anatomy, as, Mar as Brando? I thought he did a really nice job. I mean, talk about a tall task. You know, Ooh. you got to play Brando. I thought he did a nice job. I, I liked all of it. I liked, I liked all the acting. Um, I really enjoyed it. I couldn't wait to see the next episode. As I said, after that first one, the first one, it's like, oh man, I, don't make this like this where it's just so easy to make this movie. You're just going to go through the rote of making the movie. And then, you know, did they really get shot at? Did they really blow out the back window when he's in the car with Betty? You know, Ruddy, did that really happen? In a way, I hope it did, because it makes it even more interesting. Well, and if it's just, you know, sort of an exaggeration of a threat, then fine, I suppose. But, you know, it, again, the origin stories just are fascinating to me because it's so hard to do anything good. Right. It comes to well, it, it also goes to show, like, you know, a screenwriter told me this. Uh, he was working on Survivor's Remorse. He said, and it's so true, he goes, there's not many things that can go right in a film. Yeah. Well, there's a lot that can go wrong. He goes, there's a shitload that can go wrong. And you got to be a little lucky. You got to be a little lucky. Let's face it. I mean, when you get into the editing room, then you got, sometimes you got to do damage control and they, you know, you got to get lucky. And well, I think Ruddy sticking to his guns, no pun intended, uh, you know, about the decisions he wanted to right. you know, support and make sure that, you know, they Pacino for one, you know, going to Sicily, all that stuff, you know, that that's how good shit gets done. Yeah. Hey, well, that's another thing I want to tell her was great, by the way. I thought Teller was Fantastic. great. Um, they didn't have the money to go to Sicily. They wanted to shoot on the back lot. Yeah. And it would have been a disaster because when you watch the film now, 
even though there was what four of them in a mini car driving around Sicily, like shooting. Yeah. Where they went to, they went to the town. No, we can't go here. We're gonna go to another town. You know, um, I can't imagine not having the real location. Well, you can't recreate the the villages and the scenery that they went through in California or they anywhere in America. It's not gonna look like that. It just, it's not that well. The, the ground is that old, but the buildings sure as hell aren't. Oh, no. It'd be hard to, you know, do that. It was just, yeah, like, again, he fought for all that stuff. That's what made it interesting. My, uh, here's my pick, my final thought on this, and, and you, you may have another. I think in every film or any series, there's that one character or that one actor that if you pulled him out, it wouldn't be nearly as good. And it was Hanks. It was Colin Hanks as basically the bean counter asshole. That's what he was. Barry Lapidus. He was, he was, he was the opposing force. He was, but you know, as well as I do, you got to have a good bad guy. Yeah. And he was a great, and he's such an, I mean, he's Tom Hanks son. I've seen him in movies. He always plays the nice guy, right? He is so freaking good in this, Drew. I think he's the key to the series. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'll tell you this. He, he was also right. In other words, anybody who's not an artist and a businessman will agree with him, you know, all the things he said in the film, sure. right? So it just goes to show you that how you bump up business, you know, commerce and art. And it's it's... It doesn't blend well, but when it does, it's great. And you know, it the Godfather is an example of that. It's okay, who is your favorite character in the offer? The favorite actor? Would you go with Teller or Good or do you gotta pick one? Burton? I like Teller, Good, and Rabisi. I, I'd have to put Teller first. Someone described him as kind of a modern day Bogart. And I wouldn't have said that about him Before prior this. to this. Yeah, no. You no, know, I saw I saw Top Gun, you know, Maverick. He's okay. I saw, you know, Whiplash, um, you know, he, he's a kid in Whiplash. Him. He's a kid in Whiplash. Exactly. He's good and all that stuff. But this, he really, he, he, he reminded me of, you know, the forties and fifties kind of actor. And so I got to give it to him. Well, he was in, he was in bleed for this, right? He played Vinnie Paz. Yeah. He played Vinnie Paz. And then um, I thought, because I, mean, I, I mean, I was there. I played the, you know, the sportscaster that interviews um, Ted Levine coming out of the tunnel. But I didn't. I saw him from a distance, and I, and from what I understand, on on bleed for this, the kid worked his ass off, worked out, dieted, shredded, worked, you know. But he just couldn't deliver to me that edge, you know, that Vinny Paz had, you know, that edge that you needed, that damaged edge. He just had. I thought his facial features were just too soft. It's almost like he needed surgery to do it. Yeah. I think after this movie right now, he's one of our, he's one of the, he's the new genre or the new herd of leading men. Well, and you know, Top Gun's not going to hurt him, even though I don't think it was a great, I mean, it was a good role and all that stuff, yeah, but, not but like it wasn't this. as much of a challenge to me as what he did in this. He really, you know, I, I, I lost, I got lost in the character. Totally. When I think of him as an actor. I just thought I was watching Al Ruddy. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. Anyways, it's it's the offer on um, Paramount Plus. Uh, thank you. I almost said Amazon. I can't lose track. Paramount Plus. Check it out. Now, Drew, that brings us to The Godfather. And we're only going to do the first one because Ruddy 
did not sign on for The Godfather 2. For those who have watched the offer, have seen it. Uh, he decided to do The Longest Yard. <laughs> um, but Al Reddy also went on to produce Million Dollar Baby later on. So he had a string of hits. He had an unbelievable career. So uh, The Godfather, um, just as a film, and I don't know if you want to make a connection to, to what we've just seen, but I'm going to let you take the lead on this because uh, you're much more astute with it than I am. I've just, you know, I, I revisited it. It holds up. You realize just how great it is every time you see it because you see something new. And you know, I never read the book, which is unusual for me. Usually I read the book, right? I, I, I just think Do it's a masterpiece. To? Do you want to read the book now? No, no, I don't know. But it, it, it's, it's a masterpiece. And you see why people are kind of surprised that there was a struggle to make it. Because, well, look, it's a masterpiece. And it comes from a book that was a bestseller. Why wouldn't you do it? Um, the acting is fabulous. The story is great. You know, you talk about the scene where he goes to the hospital. Michael goes to the hospital. And there's no guards there. And he says, you know, I'm here. And then he gets the he gets the guy to, you know, with the flowers to stand out and pretend he has a gun in his jacket. All that kind of stuff is just great. And then he gets punched out by you know, Sterling Hayden playing the crooked cop. I mean, just everything. It's they just they use the best parts. They also agreed not to do a lot of Sinatra stuff because Sinatra was pissed. Right. That's and another thing it, that the offer that's illustrated. Yeah. I think he's in it three times. They don't beat him up too much. Except Vito Corleone beats him up for a, a second or two when he starts crying. Godfather, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? Is this how you turn down a Hollywood Pinocchio that uh, cries like a woman? <laughs> what can I do? What can I do? What is that nonsense? Right. You need, you need, I need help. I, 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 you know, so... Uh, all that stuff is, you know, it, it's it's just a great movie. And and every time I see Godfather 2, I say, oh, I think Godfather 2 might be better. Then I see Godfather 1, and I go, no, Godfather 1's better. So oh, I know. And Godfather 3, we don't need to discuss. No, I won't even go. No, no, that was, that was to finance the wine. He needed, <laughs> he needed to finance the wine. Um, Talia Shire, interesting choice, how he cast his sister. Mm. And like the offer... I don't think there was a casting mistake in the offer. Hello? When I look at the offer from, I wrote down everybody in the cast. I don't think there was, I think, the, by the way, I want to, um, uh, John Papsidera is the casting director of the offer. And that dude needs credit. I mean, yeah. he also did uh, Memento and Inception. He's brilliant. He did not, they did not make one mistake in the casting of the offer. Abe Vigoda is in The Godfather, for God's sakes. Fish from Barney Miller. Yep. Can you imagine anybody else but Talia Shire, Abe Vigoda, anybody, Jimmy Kahn? Um, no. That's it. Break it all, you spoiled guinea brat. Break it all. I, I can't see. I can't imagine anybody Duval. else in those roles. Duval, perfect, because he doesn't look Italian, but he's the adopted son, right? You know, it's great. You know, 
Not formally adapted, of course. Right, 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 right. But I mean. And I'm and, and you know for Talia Shia, there was a lot of pressure on her too, and I think she kind of felt, felt like the outsider a little bit. Yeah. You know, well, it's hard to stand up to all those actors, you know. So, but she did a good job. One of my favorite scenes in the offer is when they showed the Jimmy Khan scene beating up Carlo with the yeah. garbage can. He actually got him pretty good. You hit him for real. That. Now, when you watch The Godfather, you'll see he pulls a punch. He misses the guy by six inches. You know, we're supposed to, and, and the guy reacts like he got hit. You know, the actor playing Carlo. But uh, yeah, I I like that scene. Yeah. Uh, Drew, anything else? Any other thoughts on The Godfather before? Uh, we... I just, you know, I encourage people to see it. If you like the idea of, and, and I think you should, how things get made. You know, here's a great example of how something great got made and how difficult it was to do. And when you've got this inside you, you've seen the movie so many times and then you see that and you go, wow, holy shit. I didn't think, you know, didn't think there would be any issue making this movie. Of course, they're going to go to Sicily, you know, all that stuff. Right. Right. So of course they're going to cast Pacino. Who else would you put in there? And, you know, that's, I, I encourage people to see it for that alone. The other story I love is, uh, I just thought of it. Sylvester Stallone couldn't even get in as an extra. <laughs> That's a sidebar. He told yeah. that story once. He said, yeah, I tried to get in as an extra in The Godfather and I couldn't get I couldn't get in. I couldn't. Well, Sylvester... He's not Italian enough. That's for yeah, sure. not Italian enough, which um, I talked to you uh, uh, before. I, my son and I, we watch Goodfellas. Goodfellas is not The Godfather. No, it's not The Godfather, but it's Pesci and De Niro. Just uh, those two guys, you know, are amazing. And De Niro coming into, I mean, that's another thing. You know, De Niro comes into The Godfather 2 and just absolutely destroys. I mean, just just crushes it. Um, yeah. But Al Ruddy went on and did The Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds. Not close, right, Drew? Not close? You know, it's a, it's a good movie. You know, you think about it. It's a sports movie. It's Burt Reynolds. You know, I think it's post- uh, deliverance yeah it was it was probably a commercial hit but it wasn't yeah. an artistic hit artistic no but he wanted to make it so you know and he wrote it good for him all right he is drew yano uh we will talk to you again next week uh right here on screen time movies streaming and everything in between i'm gary tango see you later